On this episode, we get high and mighty and catch some rays with Sonic the Hedgehog. Join us as we roll our trackballs with a hedgehog, flying squirrel, and armadillo in this rare arcade exclusive, right here on Sega Talk. Sagabits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Look, it's a giant talking egg. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the master here. So what? Hello in episode... Hello and welcome... Yeah. <laughs> Hello, episode welcome and 133. Barry, I am... And with me is George IB. That's right. Uh, well, if if I sound I'm all uh, uh, a little uh, out of sorts, it's because it's negative one outside. Um, but things are heating up in here because we are going to be talking about an arcade exclusive Sonic game. I am, of course, talking about Sega Sonic the Hedgehog Arcade. And um, George, this one was actually a Patreon pick. It was from Nicholas Schaefer. Why don't you tell the fine folks all about our Patreon? So, there's a little website. It's a little secret website. It's called www.patreon.com slash SegaBits, where you can support this show, Sega Talk. We have different tiers. Um, Some of them are for the audio version of the podcast early for a dollar. Five dollars gets you the video version of the podcast early. And $20 Patreons get to pick what episode we talk about, like this episode that we're talking about today. That's correct. And the episode we're talking about is, of course, as I mentioned, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, you're not mishearing me. It's like one word. It's kind of weird. Another name that people call it is Sega Sonic Arcade, and that's, of course, because it was a three-player arcade-exclusive game from Sega AM3. They are the team behind Virtual On, Sega Rally, Crazy Taxi, and Virtua Tennis. The game was released on System 32 hardware, and it came out around September, October 93. Um, I'm still uncertain how global this game was. There are Japanese, American, and European release dates. But this is one of those games, like, I I don't really have heard stories of people, like, in the West going, oh, yeah, we always had Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, there was Sonic the Fighters, which was localized as Sonic Championship, so that's very clearly a game that broke out of japan this one though i don't know it's kind of it's kind of like one of those games that if it did come over here it it was extremely rare maybe it was being location tested i don't know um but regardless this game is notable for being sonic's first arcade game and the debut of mighty the armadillo and ray the flying squirrel so uh before we share our memories of this game i'm going to share the memories of our patreon picker nicholas schaefer He said, so for years, I felt like this game was a mad fever dream. I remember playing it one year at Boomtown, a barcade from the night, a a barcade in the 90s. I didn't know that there was a, there were barcades in the 90s. Um, I mean, I guess there was always like bars that were arcades, but like, I think the term barcades new, right? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. He says here his uncle managed uh, the barcade. Um, The next year it was gone. Internet wasn't prevalent. So none of my friends believed it existed until around 2000 when I found an article on it uh, in the Sonic Foundation website. 
this is one of those arcades that is on my bucket list to own. And yeah, I remember Sonic, the Sonic Foundation. I was a forum member there. That's a place that kind of predated the Sonic Stadium, or it was just kind of more the place to be for Sonic fans. My screen name was, I believe, Eat My Dust. Oh my um, god. Yeah. Because you're so, so fast, right? At the yeah, exactly. Or just running. Uh, well, I liked I like eating dust. I like licking oh. dirty furniture and just. That's what mm. I thought. It's yeah, a I'm, golden compass thing, right? It is. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm into. But um, George, what's your earliest memory of Sega Sonic Arcade? Have you ever played it no. in the wild no. or emulated? No, I I tried to emulate it, but it's one of those things where like trackball and everything is kind of a makes it a little weird. This is the one with the trackball, right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so yeah, so I haven't really. I think people do emulate it, but I feel like this is one of those arcade machines that you really kind of do have to play it. I think there's a lot of them. I think the other one we talked about uh, many episodes ago was uh, Thunderblade, being a sort of uh, arcade type game where you have to. It, it's a lot better on hardware. So um, no, I haven't played it. Um, I do know, is this really the first arcade game? I thought there was like some sort of like Sonic the Hedgehog 1 stuff, right? Um, well, you know, people, they talk about uh, uh, Rad Mobile, where Sonic's like a little cameo keychain floating up in the corner, but it's mm. not, it, it's I, like, it's they, just a, it's, yeah. <laughs> didn't they make Sonic like 2 arcade version, or is that, am I crazy? Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 1... Maybe right. Like was in arcades, but I don't know if that was after this. This is ninety three. Okay. But even then, that's just like sticking a, a Genesis cartridge mm-hmm. or Mega Drive cartridge in an arcade machine. So there's I nothing uh, super special there. I will um, say this mm-hmm. game um, as a memory. Um, I saw this game maybe I don't know when, when I was younger, maybe in a magazine. I always thought it was one of those like. Oh, that this can't be real. Like even looking at the art, it doesn't look like real art. Like it doesn't look like official art. Like it looks not as good as the uh, original Sonic art. Um, I'm yeah. not saying it's the worst Sonic art, but if you told me, oh, this is from a from a swap meet or something, like one of those Chinese figures, <laughs> I'd be like, yep, that's uh, th- those are it right there. They got the character. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, speaking from my own memories, I. Never heard of this as a kid. Obviously, it was an extremely rare game. Uh, it did not show up anywhere I, you know, anywhere near where I lived. Um, it, it probably was one of those games where I would hear about it uh, maybe in the late 90s in, like, magazines saying, like, hey, you know, Knuckles Chaotix, that character uh, Mighty, this isn't his first game. He was actually in this arc, and you'd, like, see a really bad screenshot where it was, like, Sonic Mighty and Ray running, and you're like, oh, that's that's so weird. Who's Ray? Like, this is really weird. He looks like if Tails like was shaved. Yeah, you know? yeah, he does, and he has that like uh, weird uh, tail. Like the tail's different, but it looks like it's just like somebody tried to draw Tails from memory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and he's also I don't I don't think it shows up in this game. I'd have to double check the art, but. I don't think he has, like, the little wings like he does now. The, like, flying squirrel wings. He just has, like, noodle arms. Um, But uh, I didn't put it in the notes, but it's speculated that the reason why they went with Sega Sonic, like, as one word, 
um, is because there was a Taito game around that time called Sonic Blast Man. But I, I kind of, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think there was a fear of Sonic Blast Man and Sonic the Hedgehog getting, like, uh, you know. Confused? Confused. If you go to, like, Galloping Ghost Arcade, you walk down those aisles, you see the same, like, words repeating for a lot of games. Like, they, they space, asteroid, like, they were not afraid to reuse some pretty basic terms. Um, even uh, Sagan themselves had Sonic Boom, which was um, a uh, shoot 'em up. Uh, right, like vertical, right. yeah, like an over-the-head sh- shmup. Um, so I didn't put it in the notes just because it hasn't been confirmed. I honestly think Sonic was such a big deal for Sega that they wanted to tie their name to it, kind of like how Disney and Mickey Mouse are synonymous. Like, Walt Disney's Mickey Mouse. Like, they're not going to separate Disney's name from Mickey when he's, like, hot, you know? Um, I uh, I have to agree. I have to agree with you 100%. It's one of those things where, like, at this era, Sega was putting their name on everything. Like, making you know, like, yeah, we made this game. Like, right. when you played uh, Streets of Rage and all that. So it would make sense that they would want a Sonic-Sega branding tie-in thing. It is interesting, though, that instead of saying, like, Sega, Sonic the Hedgehog, it's one word, Sega Sonic, and yeah. this isn't the first time they did it. Like, it was kind of a series of games in Japan where they had mm-hmm. uh, Waku Waku, Patrol Car, and the Cosmic Fighter, but they'd call it Sega Sonic. Um, I don't... Again, I, that's why I didn't really put it in the notes. It's one of those things that hasn't been fully explained. Maybe if they let Yuji Naka out of uh, House Arrest, he can finally tell us. Um I honestly think what the judge should have done is said, like, Yuji Naka, you must answer every fan question. Oh, And he's no. like, no! <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, that would suck. Yeah. Uh, poor guy. Um, but let's talk the plot of this game. So the game has a very simple plot. Sonic and his friends Ray and Mighty have been kidnapped by Eggman and are taken to Eggman Island, a hazard-filled island seemingly made to test Sonic and friends and potentially kill them. The player's goal is to escape the island, survive the many traps and hazards, and reach Eggman's tower. Upon confronting Eggman, he triggers a self-destruct, which sees the players escaping the explosion while Eggman falls into the ocean after running out of fuel in his Eggmobile. So, what are your thoughts on the paper-thin plot to this uh, game? First of all, as a kid, I'd be like, wait, wait, wait. I have more questions now. Like, who's Ray and Mighty? Where where do Sonic and Ray and Mighty meet? Did they go to school together? I don't know. Um, why, is Eight, <laughs> why, there, why is Eggman just, like, picking them up and putting them in, in an island to hopefully die when you already right. had them captive? Why don't you just kill them already? Eggman's, Maybe to test his traps. I don't know. I, I guess so, but uh, apparently they failed, um, probably, right? Hopefully. Well, yeah, and, you know, think of this time. This was 93, so it seemed like every Sonic game he would debut a new friend, but he'd never really keep them. Mm-hmm. So we had, you know, Sonic 2 with Tails, uh, Sonic CD with Amy, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog Arcade with Mighty and Ray, and it, it didn't really seem like they were building the cast up. That didn't really come into play until uh, Sonic and Knuckles. And even then, like, where was Amy? Where was Mighty? Where was Ray? Um, so it, it, I guess, just kind of, like, looking at the team behind this, I'm sure Sonic Team had some involvement, but it also kind of feels like 
just like with um, uh, AM2 making Sonic the Fighters, it's kind of like they gave Sonic to another team at Sega, and Sonic wasn't really fully formed in like the psyche. Like nowadays, you give Sonic to anyone, and they're gonna look at like the thirty years of history oh, and yeah. really stick to, um, you know, what people know if and if they want to make right exactly now where things go off the rails is like sonic boom but that's they like intentionally say we are doing something different mm-hmm. whereas games like this and games like sonic the fighters like they never were like look we love what sonic team did with the game but we're going to do something different they were just kind of like sonic's not fully formed we don't know what sonic is but we do have that one game to go off of so i guess he meets new friends every game and we're going to make new friends bark the polar bear and and bean the dynamite duck who's like from another game so right um yeah it's it's interesting that they chose these two characters um and since we're on the characters let's let's talk about the characters because i think the plot is uninteresting i think mighty and ray are really the stars of this game um so let's talk about mighty the armadillo and up here i have an image um of the mm-hmm. very very early concept art. So this is Sonic's band, I believe. Um, what kind of music this, do they play? I I think they play like classic '90s music, <laughs> like R&B. Um, well, because remember, this was around oh. the time that they were pitching Madonna, like oh, Sonic yeah. having a girlfriend. Um, so I'm sure it's like a rock band. But you can see there's there's uh, we'll we'll just talk about Mighty and Ray. But you can see them here in Mighty. He looks pretty normal. Ray, though, look at that. He looks like an egg, like an uh, like an egg on a frying pan. His yeah, body. he does. Yeah, he does. Um, so you know, I talked about how in the game he just kind of has noodle arms, whereas nowadays, and I have the toy here, they gave him these little like, f- like little like fleshy, flabby mm. things coming off. But this is like an extreme where he's just like his whole body is like, like I don't a know, poncho looks- kind of. It does look like a poncho. He looks really proud of himself. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mighty the Armadillo, he was created by Manabu Kusanoki as a friend of Sonic the Hedgehog alongside a small cast of other animals, including Ray the Flying Squirrel and Naoto Oshimo's creations, uh, Vector the Crocodile and Sharps. You can see Sharps there. He's the one who never really Took went off. anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure he's in the comic, right? I, he might be in Fleetway. I don't remember him in any of the Archie stuff. Um, Armadillo designs were thought to have been considered when designing Sonic in 1990 and 1991. Uh, Mighty's design is not thought to have been finalized until at least 1992, specifically with the arcade game Sega Sonic the Hedgehog in mind. Sega Sonic the Hedgehog was designed to support three simultaneous players with the same controls and movements, so Mighty's initial role was to emulate Sonic in that game, albeit with a new set of sprites and a deeper voice. Um, Western media, however, used the name Mighty to suggest that he has super strength as to Sonic's super speed, um, though the character was left undeveloped by Sega of Japan. And that kind of comes into play because... Mighty, of course, is more well-known for his role in Knuckles' Chaotix as being a member of the Chaotix. Um, 
but he never was like strong in that game. He just kind of was like Sonic, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it really wasn't until his return in Sonic Mania Plus that Japan embraced that like strength of his. He never had super strength in any of the Japanese stuff. Um, and it's also interesting that despite being a member of the Chaotix, he was the one member never to make the transition to the modern era. Um, he did make appearances in Archie and Fleetway Sonic comics, but as I mentioned, it wasn't until 2018 that uh, Sonic Mania Plus brought Mighty back alongside, of course, Ray. And speaking of Ray, Ray the Flying Squirrel, he only had a major role in one Sonic title, and of course, that's the one we're talking about on this episode. Despite his name, Ray is never seen flying or gliding um, in Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. And from what little personality the game is able to convey, Ray is kind of depicted as more of a comic relief character and more fearful of the trio. When Sonic and Mighty first meet Ray, he was a frightened little kid, but he has come a long way since then. Tails always loved to hang out with Ray and continues to be best friends with Mighty and travels around the world. So Ray's kind of like the Tails to Mighty, just as Sonic and Tails are a duo. Um, like Mighty, Ray has made appearances in Archie and alongside Mighty made the transition to a modern design in the Archie comics, but he has remained absent from the games aside from missing posters and Sonic Adventure, uh, Sonic Generations. Um, since their return in Sonic Mania Plus, Mighty and Ray have appeared in animated shorts and classic Sonic IDW stories. It is worth noting that Mighty and Ray in the game wear Sonic shoes... But since that game, Mighty has changed his sneakers. I actually have them. You can see them here. They're like very Sonic-y, but the, the buckle doesn't go all the way down. And uh, My- Ray now has blue sneakers with white stripes, which are actually similar to his modern Archie design. So this is a rare case of um, Archie Sonic uh, being adapted into the Japanese games. That's kind of interesting. So we have some images here. We can check them out. The first one is uh, what they looked like in the classic Archie stories. You can see Ray like clutch. He's about to die, basically. Yeah, and uh, like Ray doesn't have the little like flaps or whatever that make him kind of a squirrel. Um, he no, has and his re- shoes look weird, right? Right. Every like their eyes are so big, but like somehow uh, Fang looks norm- like looks like his original design. I'm going to break it to you. That's actually Fang's sister. Oh, no. Uh, so there's Knack the Weasel and Nick the Weasel. So that's Nick. Oh, um, no. I, I'm sorry. And even worse, I, that's not Princess her. Sally on the right. That's, I think, Fiona oh, no. or something. It's like an evil Sally. I don't know. Oh, no. um, sorry. But, like, it's worth bringing that up because just how, uh, you know, like Mighty and Ray are kind of like kind of like Sonic and Tails, they would put them in stories with, like, Fang's sister and, like, a woman who isn't Princess Sally but is kind of based on her. So it's like they knew they knew that these characters kind of, like, not original or at least were, were derived from Sonic and Tails. Um, I, I, this, do, I was going to say, I do think it's funny that the guy was like, all right, you know, it'd be weird if it's Fang, but it's his sister, but the sister is exactly like Fang. It wears, like, the same hat. It's like... She doesn't have a personality yeah. of her own. It would have been more interesting if it was like she was different from her brother in a way, you know, but still kind of looked like him. 
Yeah, it's kind of like in Muppet Babies when they had um, Scooter's sister Skeeter, who just looked like him, but yeah. was a girl. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> and then never made the transition to anything else. So it's like, did she did she die? Like, what happened to her? What's Fang's um, sister again? Name? Nick. So, like NIC. Okay, so Nick-Nack. has Nick-Nack ever has has the trio ever I mean double team ever come back? No, Nick uh Nick has been sent to the the zone of silence. Oh, the gotcha. uh, <laughs> zone the warp of confusion. She's gone. She's locked away. Um but surprisingly on this next one we're going to see it's a rare case of Mighty and Ray given modern designs. They actually made the transition to the modern era. Nice. Um, and I honestly really like their look. Like, I I think Ray looks a little less like Tails with his hair going back, and I like the goggles. Oh, yeah. The little pre, pre-Sonic Boom goggles there. Um, he's got these, like, a little scarf and cuffs. So, yeah, he, he's very Sonic Boom. And then Mighty... I'm not a big fan of the boots. I think they're a little too complex. Like, I like Sonic character shoes being a little more simple. Um, But I I can appreciate it. They're kind of like wanderers, right? Like, they're Mm -hmm. camping, and they've got more, like, explorer gear. So, I don't know. I I thought they were pretty cool in the Archie comics. And as we can see in this next one, they've made their return to IDW, but they are basically Sonic Mania Plus versions of themselves um do you remember that cartoon the sonic mania adventures yes yeah yeah those were cool right like they were yeah and so i i think it's neat that we finally have a pretty beefy like classic cast that they can throw into comic books and they talk which is great like i i think it was a mistake in generations to make sonic silent Mm. um because as evidenced, even in this game, he speaks. He wasn't a silent character. He was talking in, in TV shows and in video games. Um, and, you know, just recently we've had Fang come back. So really the classic cast, it's it's kind of interesting that now we're in a place where officially Classic Sonic has a, a very large roster of characters from the past. But the three who are missing are... Uh, Vector, SBO, and Charmy. They're like now in the modern era and we never get classic versions of them. Um, what do you think about that? Is that kind of weird? Like, we don't see them classic anymore. I think it's weird that we... Okay, we have the whole... Some characters are off limits on certain era, eras of characters. I think it's dumb. I think yeah. we need to open that up. I think one of the issues with the modern sonic games is that they've been too stale in fan service like people always say like a generation was too much fan service and i'm like i i don't think we should go reuse old stages but like the idea of using other characters within the storyline like to make the world look bigger i think that's pretty important because i feel like that's one of the things that these games are lacking and i I, and the whole bringing banding or having classic characters go to modern and then never coming back to classic. I think that's strange. I don't know why they do that. It is. And, you know, I, I feel like... I mean, I like I like Azuka, but I feel like he might be one of the ones who really makes these weird rules. Like, don't put humans in the IDW comics. Or don't bring back the classic Chaotix. Um, I honestly think, like, a smart bit of fan, for, fan service that they could do in the modern games is to suddenly bring Fang back as a modern design. Like, 
and to explain that he's been gone for a while, but he's a new threat and he's back, I think that would be much more exciting than like a new character like uh, Infinite. So, yeah. I don't know. And I mean, you think they're ever um, going to bring Infinite back? I think he's the o- one of the only characters to have died. Um, okay, so he's officially. Like, he's straight dead. Um, and I know like... Uh, 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 Gerald Robotnik and Maria are dead, but they like died in the past. Right. Whereas, and and Tikal's like a ghost kind of or a spirit, so she's not exactly dead. But like, I, I think Infinite's like one of the only characters to exist like uh, in the modern time, and he gets killed, and he doesn't come back like Shadow. You know. Um, um, don't you think it's kind of weird that like when you played it, so you play they release the game, you play it, then they have yeah. that that free episode or whatever of Shadow. And it's just like Shadow bullied this kid to become whatever he was, and then he gets killed. <laughs> is that the story we that forces was? Yeah, it's interesting that like Shadow pushes him to the point of becoming evil, and then right. he gets killed. Right. And Shadow's still a hero. Right. Like, Shadow's I... a a piece of garbage for doing something like that. Like he basically bullied someone into becoming a murderer, right. and then that person gets murdered by like. Basically, the police, like Sonic and Friends, started their own like military. Yeah, and then people are like, "Ah, oh, Shadow's so cool," and I'm like, "No, Shadow's kind of an asshole." Yeah, <laughs> like, that's pretty metal, um, though. That's pretty metal. Going back to Mighty and Ray here, it's noteworthy that uh, before Archie Sonic was canceled, there was actually a planned adaptation of Sega Sonic the Hedgehog that never came to be, and we can see it here. The cover, uh, very cool. Uh, Tyson Hess cover art um straight out of sega sonic the hedgehog the solicitation said uh the story was going to be called memories and it would be sonic reminisces with his buddies mighty and ray but sonic and mighty disagree on how they met can their friendship survive their egos revisions and so i think what they were going to do was they were going to maintain those modern designs of mighty and ray that we saw um, have them being like, remember when we first met? And then it would probably be like uh, like three different takes from each of the characters on how they met. Like maybe Mighty's the star. And maybe it would have been like kind of a, a, a funny little nod to the fact that video games always have different events play out depending on who's playing them. So like, you know, maybe Mighty's like, yeah, you never made it off that island, you know? <laughs> and so um, it's a shame that it never happened. Uh, I, I could do a whole episode on the cancellation of Archie and all the stuff that we never got. Um, but instead, let's talk about the stuff that we did get. So Mighty and Ray, they actually did receive merchandise after uh, Sonic Mania Plus came out. Yeah, it took so long though, right? It Well, yeah, it took uh, from 93 till, what, like 2018 around then, 2019. I mean, the way they, these license deals work, like... We're just now getting Sonic Mania Plus action figures. Like I think the uh, one of the the hard boiled heavies is getting a figure this year, and so yeah, these came out over the past f- few years. So there's uh, Mighty, and then we have Ray, and they actually released Mighty first, and he was kind of small, and then they re-released him. And the way you can tell the difference is. His mouth is on the other side. I don't have... It's it's over there, but it's basically, like, just a little smaller. And I think the reason they did that is that so when they released Ray, he's, like, to, to proportion. Oh, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think these are really cool. Um, I also really like the uh, action figures that they've done. So these are the four-inch scale ones. Um, they have not actually made a lot of classic four-inch scale. I think there's two Sonics and Mighty and Ray and then an Eggman and then a Egg Robo, and that's about it. So it's kind of a, a big deal for the action figure collectors that these ones made the cut. I think they look really cool. Um, yeah. And then there's also a poster, a pre-order poster in Europe. I, I don't have it out, but if you pre-ordered Sonic Mania Plus, you get this poster of Mighty and Ray. Um, so what's your opinion on Mighty and Ray, and how, how would you compare them to other friends of the early 90s? I think they're the ones that are too much like Sonic and Tails. They're basically like the B tier. And you know what? I don't hate that idea. I think it's actually kind of funny in a way if they actually played that up a little more like as a comedy bit that they are Sonic. But like, you know how in Shaun of the Dead when they meet their double oh, yeah. thing? Yeah, they should be like that. Yeah, That's yeah, what I yeah. Think. Like, and I think when you showed that modern art where they were more camping and more, you know... Urban exploring kind of a team duo. Uh, that thought was interesting. Um, yeah. So yeah, they needed like be able to identify themselves and characterize themselves, which I think would be interesting if they had a revamped, you know, version of their personalities. I think that's something that's missing, especially with the way that. IDW characterizes some of these characters. Sometimes you're like, oh, it's so good. And then you play the game and it's just kind of like, oh, they're there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I hear you. Um, uh, how, how would you rank them against the entire cast, like from the past 30 years? So I'm not a big fan of Ray, so that's another one. Mighty. Oh, no. Mighty's pretty cool. I'm not a big Ray fan. Uh, I think they're kind of lower tier to me than other ones like Vector or like Fang or even being the dynamite um or what's that polar bear one i forgot his name uh bark bark i think they have something unique to offer like they remind me kind of of the cast of like sonic adventure in a way where they're so different from each other that it's kind of hard to uh it's like the most diverse cast i think in any platformer in uh sonic adventure so kind of reminds me of that but mighty and ray fall into the they're kind of clones of sonic kind of thing that's interesting because, like, I, I think I'm going to have a different take on them. I there's two eras of Sonic that I I really like. Um, one is the era right before Knuckles debuted, and the other one's the era like from when Sonic start Sonic One came out to before Knuckles, Sonic Three and Knuckles, and the other one is that era of where Sonic Adventure came out right before Sonic Adventure Two, and I think it's because. One's the the of course the start of the two D era. The other one's the start of the three D era. But it's right before like a big event happened that really defined them for fans. Like you know you ask most people they'll say Sonic Three and Knuckles is their favorite two D game. You ask most people they'll say Sonic Adventure Two is their favorite three D game. But I I really like those kind of like it, it's basically like a two or three year era for both of them where. Um, they were still kind of finding their footing. They didn't really know what the cast was. And so I, I think it's really fun to get these, like, characters who are not as strong as, like, Knuckles or the Chaotix even. Um, but they're almost kind of like Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, you know, like very early Walt Disney characters, like, who just 
didn't really make the cut later on, and so they're kind of they kind of have a cult following. Um, there's something really classic about them. Like you would not get characters like this in '94 or '95. Like I don't think Sega would be putting out any characters that just look so simple. Mm. Like like we said, like this is basically tails with shorter shorter hair and more of a sonic shaped head and you know one tail instead of two um and with mighty he's he's kind of like basically sonic but with like a a thing slapped on top of him right (laughs) he's like a black he looks like shadow actually like look at him he does he has the color scheme of shadow if you gave him spikes he'd look like classic shadow basically um but yeah, so I, I I really like these characters in that sense because they're before the 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 2D franchise really um, fully formed and became this like trilogy, and we look back on it and like it's this era before Knuckles existed, just like how uh, Sonic Adventure and Sonic Shuffle and and some of the comics were an era before Shadow existed, but we had these modern designs and like. Big and E-102 were, like, in the main cast for a while. And then as soon as Sonic Adventure 2 came out, people were like, get away, Big. Get away, E-102. Like, it's all about Shadow. Um, so that that's me. Like, as far as ranking them against the entire cast, like, yeah, they're not top-tier classic characters for me. I, I like Fang more. I like some of the chaos. I like Vector's original design a lot. I like how, like... He looks like a snake almost, like he's really thin. Right. Um, I also, I think it's interesting that like people will explain away him not being in Heroes because they're like, well, he's technically not a member of the Chaotix because he was a uh, he was Ray's friend, and they. And I'm like, I, I'm sure Sonic Team were not thinking of that. Right. <laughs> you know? They didn't come up with a story and reason. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so let's let's get into the game itself. We have some gameplay here from Nintendo Complete, and I believe this video is actually a translated version of the game. I don't know if they actually edited the like the game data itself, um, but you'll see some English text. So it's not a hundred percent like accurate with how this was in arcades, but. At least for our English-speaking uh, viewers, they can get an idea of the game. So, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog is a 1-3 to three player game. Players select Sonic, Mighty, or Ray. And speaking from experience, the more players you have, the more fun and crazy the game gets. Each character plays identically, and players use trackballs in one action button, which triggers a jumping spin attack. The objective of each stage is to reach the end without dying, and unlike other Sonic games, the focus is less on platforming and more on pressing forward and pressing the action buttons at ideal moments to jump, fall, climb, and swing through stages. Aside from a few enemies, the game has a ton of environmental hazards. Health is, of course, refilled by collecting rings, and upon completing a stage, rings are counted up and bonus points are awarded if over half the stage's rings are collected. The game only has one boss, which appears midway through the game. Eggman, as mentioned, ends the game by triggering an explosion and running away. The game's five stages, which we are seeing the first stage here, uh, consist of Volcanic Vault, Icy Isle, Desert Dodge, Trap Tower, Landside Limbo, Wild Water Way, and Eggman's Tower. Sonic is notable for having a, 
uh, voice acted. Oh, Sega Sonic is notable for having voice acted characters and on screen dialogue. So Sonic's voice actor is uh, Takeshi Kusao, who voiced Sonic in Waku Waku Sonic Patrol Car, Sega Sonic Popcorn Shop, and Sega Sonic Cosmo Fighter Galaxy Patrol. <laughs> so he's the original Sonic, really, right? Uh, outside of Sonic CD going, I'm out of here. Um, oh, yeah, that's which I the think original. released around the same time as this, right? Who did? Yeah, who so, did that voice? I think, like, was it the actress who did the chow later on? I don't remember. I'll have to look up um, once we get to it. But uh, Kusao voiced, um, also voiced Iji Shijo in the Battle Arena Toshinden series, Kai Kasuke in the Guilty Gear series, Kai in Akira, Trunks in Dragon Ball Z, Parn in the Record of Lados War OVAs, and Ryo Sad- Sanada in Ronin Warriors. Uh, meanwhile, Rei was voiced by voice actress Hinako Yoshino, so it's very much like uh, Tails being voiced by a woman. Uh, Mighty was voiced by Yosuke Numada, and Eggman was voiced by Masaharu Sato. Um, so, you know, I read through it. What, what do you think Sega Sonic the Hedgehog's strengths are as an arcade game? Uh, the Sonic branding. Yeah. Is that too, is that too easy? Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think so. Um, I think also uh, the animation in the arcade game is pretty good for, I mean, for a 2D arcade game. I know there's games that look a lot better than this in arcade, but for a, yeah. I guess we could really call this a tie-in game, really, because it was literally made because it has the Sonic brand. Hmm. Am I wrong, yeah. though? That's a fair point. Right? Yeah. So yeah, what 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 do you think its biggest strengths is? Um, I I would agree with you there. I think uh, being a Sonic branded game makes it memorable. There are a lot a lot of Sega arcade games that we don't talk about anymore, and it's because it never really became a franchise or anything. Like, uh, there's a really great one that I played about. Um, I forgot. It. Like, I don't even remember the name. It was like it's like a ghost hunting game, but it's basically like there's no memorable characters um it's not an ip that became an ip it's just a one-off game um another one that comes to mind is uh uh man like see they're just forgettable right um uh quartet i think quartet's a really cool game but like no one talks about that anymore um but yeah if you made quartet a sonic game we'd be talking about it Game Ground um, is like a really good game, but no one talks about it because it's so generic looking and it's just has a like it's been in so many Sega collections and people still don't like. There's no Twitter accounts. Yeah, uh, yeah. Game Ground accounts. Didn't they in Project Cross Zone, uh, the 3DS game, have a Game Ground stage? I think so. Yeah, I think they did because that game basically plays like Game Ground. Right. Um, but yeah, and I, I sh- do want to. Inter- Inter- interrupt myself. Nice. Um, so, so in Sonic CD, it was Masato Nishimura who voiced Sonic in Sonic CD. Uh, he was uh, a designer for the game. And what's interesting is that he is also in um, Shenmue, I believe. Oh yeah, he plays. Yeah, if uh... you look, if you look at his uh, entry on the Sonic Wiki Zone, it shows him standing in front of. Um, 
a, a screenshot from Shenmue, and I don't know if it's because he thinks the guy looks like him or if they used him as a model, but it's kind of funny. Um, so, yeah, he's he's been with Sega for a very long time. Um, he worked on Chaotix and Sonic CD. Um, and Sonic CD, that released, I want to say... Yes, yeah, September, November. So Sonic CD and Sega Sonic the Hedgehog released around the exact same time. So it's kind of hard to say who's the first Sonic voice actor, but it would be basically a tie between these two guys. And because um, of being in basically four games, I would say that uh, the voice actor in this game is a little more prolific, too. Um, and I, I think some of those might predate this i'm not sure i don't know they wouldn't because this is the first one but um in any case uh getting back to the game itself i gotta (laughs) look at where i am now um yeah so my next question would be what area do you think sega sonic the hedgehog could be improved um i don't know make it an actual sonic video game platformer maybe and that would be <laughs> yeah. sick I, I don't like these isometric games and i'm not that into the i know they needed to have a gimmick to get the i guess to make it an arcade game i don't know why they had to use that trackball i don't know if they just had other games that had trackballs that like failed and they had to reuse the trackballs it's sometimes that happens yeah, yeah. But uh, I think it's interesting because I think that this game is highly animated, so it's un- interesting that it does something really cool. Like, it looks like there's like a, I don't know, you tell me you played it, but like when you hit stuff, mm-hmm. it looks like there's like a jump dash kind of a, th- a feature that hits things. Yeah, so it's, I mean, to describe the gameplay, it's hectic. There is very little time to think. It's not a game that requires a lot of like. I mean, it requires skill, but when you're playing with three people, you're basically like, go, go, go. You're doing this constantly with the trackball. And then when you hit things, you're getting action button, action button, because it's either jumping or triggering, like, grabbing onto something. So it's not... It's kind of like a, a party game, basically, because the whole point is to get you and two other people to frantically do these actions to get to the end of the stage. And if you're not putting quarters into it or a hundred yen, um, like you would be in the arcade, like at, at galloping ghost, you're just continually restarting or, or, you know, like pressing the button to get your guy to come back. So it's, um, it's definitely like, a a very cartoony kitty madcap, very little skill involved. Um, when it comes to like platforming, the skill is more, timing your uh, action buttons correctly and making sure your characters are running in the correct direction. Um, I think the idea of a like Sonic multiplayer game like this for like party modes in the sixth in the early nineties would have been, I mean a pretty success if it was in consoles, the idea of like, yeah, just going crazy on the game. And it's interesting that it didn't, it wasn't until last year that Sonic superstars finally, was like, let's do a, a multiplayer 2D game. Because we never really got those. I think maybe with Sonic Rivals, yeah, there was like two players racing each other. But in this case, it's... Um, I, I think Superstars did a better job in staying true to the Sonic formula. Obviously, it's a 2D game with platforming. But in this one, like, yeah, it's... It's just... It's, it's fun, but it's... It's kind of like... 
I'm trying to think of how to describe it. Like, you'll go to an arcade, and there's some games where there's a lot of skill involved, like fighting games or um, puzzle games. But then there's those other games where it's just kind of like whack-a-mole, you know, where it's just it's intended to get you really excited, doing a lot of crazy actions, um, racing your friends to the end. And, yeah, that that's kind of the game. Now, if I were to improve it, I think changing it to a platformer game is almost... It's not so much an improvement. It's, like, completely changing the whole, what the yeah, game is. Yeah, it's a totally different thing. So if I were to improve it, I would give each character special moves. Um, I, I think, obviously, making Mighty, like, super strong, giving <gasps> Ray a glide ability, and then maybe Sonic, like, a boost. Am I, but am again, I... like... Am I crazy for thinking that Sega never thought about making Mighty strong? Like, the idea that his name is Mighty and nobody in Japan's like, we should make him strong. Instead, there were, like, some dumb American marketing exec had to do it. He's just, he's kind of just like another Sonic in the game because he can roll into a ball. He's just another animal that can roll into a ball. Right. Um, Probably more effectively than a hedgehog, if anything. Like, armadillos actually turn into a a real ball, (laughs) you know? Um, have you ever touched an armadillo? No. Why would I do... I mean, I would like to do that one day. Like, just pet it. But no, I haven't. It's interesting, because they're like... They're, they have a hard shell, but it, it gives a little bit, because there's, like, flesh under it, and it's oh. warm. And it's got these, like, little whiskers on it. It's a very weird feeling. Huh. Um, anyway, I've never touched a squirrel. <laughs> wow, really? No, I, they're right outside, you know, running around. They're probably all dead and frozen now. Now, but, right, yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder what happened. Oh, they I go wonder into when the trees. snow melts, if they're all going to be like, like they, that. They go into trees, right? And they like stay together in like uh, groups, right? Yeah, but they're going to be in there for like five days. Anyway. Oh, um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it, it's, harvest it's nuts. a game that I, I think... Yeah, they do harvest nuts. Um, I think Sega Sonic the Hedgehog was a game that maybe served its purpose, but I don't know if... I don't think it was successful enough because it's not like we hear it taking the world by storm. So it it kind of is, I say, up there in the same way that, like, Alex Kidd, The Lost Stars is, you know, where it's just kind of like a multiplayer arcade game. Reach the end of the level. There's hazards. It's just... It is what it is. Um, I, I don't think this game is like a hidden treasure. Uh, when you do emulate it, it is a lot of fun to see all these animations and hear the characters speaking. I think this, uh, the stages have really cool names. Like, it, it's a shame that these great names are wasted on on like a game that's not actually a platformer. Um, right. You know, like, like going back to the stage names, like I would love to see Volcanic Vault like return as a proper game that sounds cool it sounds like a volcano prison um uh we'll we'll get to it in a bit but trap tower did make its return in sonic mania plus um wild waterway sounds cool landslide limbo sounds just wacky um sega sonic the hedgehog was long rumored to be ported to the sega 32x but it never happened the game was also planned to be included in the Sonic Gems collection alongside Sonic CD, Sonic R, and Sonic the Fighters, but it was left out due to problems emulating trackball controls, so as such, it is one of the few Sonic games not to see a home port. 
So, like, let's let's put you in the shoes of a uh, Sega executive. How would you have released Sega Sonic the Hedgehog? And do you think the game still has a chance to be released? Maybe uh, in a future collection. I think they... Well, I'm surprised it wasn't in this last one they did. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they'll add it as an extra feature, hopefully, in anything that has any Mighty and Ray related. It'd be cool yeah. to see another sonic uh superstars game and build off of uh the negatives of uh what people didn't like about it and add maybe mighty and ray into it yeah yeah and, uh, and maybe then they could have like an emulated one i'm surprised they don't do that with more classic games like just put the uh game gear version of the triple trouble on the actual game the superstars just as oh an extra. yeah so yeah show where he when he was uh you know first came out that would have been cool but right right I think something like that, maybe. Um, I, as an executive, if I had to release it, I would definitely release it as a party game with marketing, you know, the super crazy... It's a super crazy Sega party in your living room <laughs> kind of thing, right? It's like... Yeah. yeah. But the thing yeah. is, you're limited to two players on the uh, Genesis, but... Right. So it would have to be yeah. only Mighty and Ray, or maybe add Tails, but just swap them. You could swap only... You could only pick a team of two. Yeah, I, I think if we had any chance of seeing this, it would have been on the 3D Classics with the second screen being the trackball. Oh, yeah. Or on Sega Ages, which didn't really take advantage of... Am I crazy? The Switch has a touchscreen, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, they just don't use it that much, actually. I, I, um, I don't I don't think it's like as... Uh, what do they say? It's more like a phone screen than it is a tr- like the... I don't know. I don't know how it works. Yeah. I don't know. Is it that accurate? I've never played a game with it. I'm, and now that you mention it, I'm like, have I ever played a tr- touch game where you touch stuff? Outside of just yeah, being I've, a gimmick. I've selected menus, but like once I get into games, I really don't touch the screen. It's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of the time, moments have kind of passed for this game to get a re-release. Um, I think we're now kind of in an era where Sega doesn't really care about doing re-releases unfortunately like Sega Ages is done um I think another missed opportunity is the uh Astro City um but again they would have had to figure out trackball controls now there are uh arcade mini arcades from other companies that have done trackballs I'm I'm blanking I think it might be Taito or something but there's there's like a pink one of these from another company you've seen those right right and you plug the trackball in, and then I think it comes with the games on the trackball, but that's not going to happen. Um, as far as the sound for the game, the game's sound team consisted of Hiroshi Kawaguchi of Space Harrier and Afterburner fame, better known to fans as Hiro, yeah. as well as Keitaro Hanada, who started with Sega in 93 and still works with the sound team to this day with credits on Virtua Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. And the uh, <laughs> most disappointing game of 2023 winner, uh, Virtua Fighter 3TB Online. Oh, yeah. And also... Did you send him a trophy? Now, I did. Yeah. <laughs> the Alex Kid one. I said, please send back for 2024. Um, and then uh, Naoki Tokiwa, who has very little info online. I couldn't learn anything about them. So Dang. He's an enigma. He is an enigma, and it's, you know, it's odd to me that unlike most Sonic games, the music of Sega Sonic is rarely talked about by fans, um, especially with Hero at the helm. Do you find that weird? Like, 
I don't know. I find it a little odd. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Just a, just a t- little bit. I feel like Sonic the... Like, people go crazy over Sonic the Fighter's soundtrack and, like, uh, even Chaotix. They really like that... Um, Oh, man, what is that? Like, Door into Summer. Mm. It got a remix in um, Sonic Generations. But, like, you know, this game, I, I never hear, like, people going, oh, you got to throw on that uh, that uh, Volcanic Vault track. So good. And I, I did sit down and listen to the soundtrack, and I can see why it hasn't really caught on, because it's just kind of, like, crazy, cartoony, arcadey kind of music. And, again, this is before... I think the Sonic franchise really uh, uh, had an identity. Coalesced. Yeah, before it's kind of like Jello, and like the Jello hasn't set yet. So I feel like the music, the people coming in to make the music for this, looked at it and they're like, okay, it's a kids game. It's it's fast moving. Go with that. Like I don't think they were like, oh, we got to get some uh, some doo wop in here or right. some <laughs> some rock and roll or get a really good hook. Um, I, I think the people doing the music for the console games kind of got that, but I think in the arcades, especially with this, like you look at uh, Sonic the Fighters, the soundtrack for that's basically Virtua Fighter music, like Virtua right. Fighter Kids. Um, and so in this case, the the soundtrack isn't really Sonic music, it's more like 1993 uh, System 32 hardware arcade music. Um Having said that, despite the soundtrack not really taking off with fandom, uh, the game did see a big audio nod in Sonic Mania Plus with Trap Tower's stage music being remixed for the new pinball minigame, which is found in the Encore mode, complete with visual nods to the arcade game, including Eggman at his little uh, uh, tower controls. Um, Do you remember this moment in Sonic Mania Plus? I, I remember the moment, but I, like I didn't know that's what it was doing. Like, there's so many nods to stuff in Sonic Mania that it's actually kind of crazy that they had the time to add all this stuff in it. Like, right. you go from a game like I'm not trying to be like mean to Sonic Team, but like their kind of like Easter eggs are pretty like low that they yeah. do compared to like I don't know, they just did some crazy stuff. Remember the time when they, they had the video where that YouTube donkey clip was used and then they had to, like, patch it out? Yeah, yeah, that was in Sonic Mania. Right. So it's just crazy yeah. that they add all this, like, random stuff like that that uh, I think more, you know, this should be more of a future thing for Sonic. Because I think Sonic fans just, like, eat it up, like that murder of Sonic and all that, and I don't think they do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's Western. It. Western fans are really the ones putting in a lot of the references. Like, mm-hmm. you mentioned murder... Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog and uh, Sonic Mania Plus. You look at superstars, and it's it's also almost kind of re- refreshing that they don't do a lot of um, nods and throwbacks outside of Fang being in it. Like everything's new and fresh. I think even some like the Badnik designs are kind of new. So um, on one hand, I like that. Like when you give classic Sonic to the Japanese, they look forward. Rather than back outside of Sonic 4, which was very much looking back, at least for the episode one. Um, let's check out the promotional material. Uh, there's not much to be seen outside of an arcade flyer, but it's uh, it's pretty cool looking. I know you said the art kind of looks like Chinese knockoff. Right. Um, I, I think it, what it's lacking is like the little um, 
uh, reflections in Mighty and Ray's eyes. Like, they have these, like, black pupils, which is kind of weird. Right. They're evil. I also think a lack of a true logo. Like, Sega Sonic's just, like, block letters, but it's not the actual Sonic logo. Right. Um, but this isn't really... I mean, this is an ad. I guess we could treat it as, like, a magazine ad, even though it's a flyer. And I think it looks good. It, it showcases some really great graphics. Um... I honestly think this game looks like Zaxxon. I mean, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, I love the screens you have there of Eggman in his control room. Like, I really like when games give this like overall look to the map. Like, You can see all the stages there. Um, you can see them climbing that tower there. So it, it looks cool. There's some English. It says, um, interestingly, there's English because it says... Sonic, the Sega superstar, and his friends Ray, a flying squirrel, and Mighty the Armadillo are caught by Robotnik. Try to escape the seven traps he sets on the field. Once you clear all seven, you can flee. Um, Easy play. Just turn the control ball and use the button, and up to three players can participate at a time. Everyone loves the continue feature, and you will too, and your customers will keep coming back for more. This is for this is for people to buy the arcade machine. They're like, you'll to get so many quarters off this game. Yeah, well, exactly. That's what they, <laughs> that's what they're telling people. Oh, nice. um, the next bit we have is an instruction card. So this would sit like alongside the controls. Um, you know, not, nothing too exciting here, but you can see it's a very simple game, and that's why this kind of sits alongside like the popcorn shop or the mm. c- patrol car because it's it's a very basic kid-friendly game. I think this is the the deepest of the Sega Sonic arcade games of that era, but I don't know, for me like Sega Sonic the Hedgehog kind of sits alongside um the Pico game, you know, because it's just kind of like simple controls uh kid targeted and when I say kid, I'm talking like 5, 6-year-olds. Um, it's, it's not really an all ages game. So again, I think this is when they were trying to find their footing with Sonic and arcades. Like, I think they realized that people want more of a challenge and that's why we later had stuff like, um, Sonic the Fighters and, and much later, uh, Sonic and All-Stars Racing, which, uh, did have an arcade port. Did you notice um, that uh, Ray has like a real like a tan right here? He kind of looks like Donald Trump on this logo right here on the left. He always has actually. Really? Look at him here. Yeah, look. I, I never he's noticed got... it. He kind of does look like look little Trump. Look at him. <laughs> little Trump. <laughs> he does with the little hair. <laughs> he's a little cute Trump. No, oh, no. nothing's cute about that oh, piece no. of garbage. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, Let's actually check out, like I said, the game is rarely seen in arcades, but there are locations that still have it. So here's uh, the setup at the Galloping Ghost. And as you can tell, this is very much not a Sega machine. Like, this is not an Astro City or anything. It's, um, I, I think it might be, like, either something they built or something. Like, you can see next to it, Tekken right. is in a very similar machine. Um, they do build their own stuff, so it could be a, a custom build. But I'll be honest, like even though this is not an official arcade machine for Sega, it's much more epic than what Sega 
gave the game. The game itself was often released on an Astro um, oh. machine, like you know. So you this one's much more of like a a bunch of people can gather around. They can all see the screen. It's almost like playing a game show. Like you look at how much space there is between each controller there. Right. Um, I appreciate that they color code them, even though I think anyone can pick whatever character they want. It's not tied to the controller, to my knowledge. But um, this machine's still there. It's still functioning. Um, The next one we're going to see is... uh, This is just it at a random arcade. Interestingly, it does not have a third-player option. Yeah. And you can you can see like it's much more intimate. Um, you're you're sitting down next to someone, uh, touching butt. You know, I I think it's fine. Yeah, touching butts, side butt um, at least. And then this one's really interesting. So this was actually just like a week ago. So Sega Europe had a retro office event with a playable three player cabinet. Um, is that official? I this well. What's interesting is that this is. This is a Sega, like, um, one of their candy cabinets, but I think it's a later model. Right, the one that does, like, a stand-up one? I think, and and yet it does have the trackball, so I don't know if this was, like, a custom someone did, or if it is possible to do this configuration with the actual hardware that's out there. Um, but this is really interesting, because it's it's... On Sega hardware, it's three players, and I've never seen this configuration before. And so, you know, and I, I was looking through the... This is from a video that Sega Europe posted, and me being me, like, I'm like, all right, impress me, Sega Europe. Like, if let's say I have a job at Sega, and I show up on Retro Game Day, and I was like, oh, cute, they hooked up a Dreamcast. And then I kept watching, and I'm like, oh, cute, they hooked up a Saturn. Like, I've got them behind me. And then I saw this, and I'm like, okay, that would impress me. But like no one's playing, no one's playing it, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a snob. Like I'll see people going, "Oh, I just played a Genesis game," and I'm like, "Cool, good for you." Let the let nice. the people have fun. I'm like, "Oh, you played a Sega Genesis game? Good for you." I mean, I would tell them what they thought about it. I think it's interesting when like uh, yeah. <clears throat> I hear like people that are way way younger and they're like, I barely like. 18 right and they're like playing these retro games mm-hmm. i think it's interesting that they, some of them are like so i don't know like i don't know maybe they just see it as like uncovering history but they seem pretty into it i don't know if i would be into it because when i was a kid i didn't want to play atari games i'm like why i have a sega genesis why would i why would i play an atari i think with me as i get older i get more and more cantankerous about all these like in my opinion like, they're great, but they're also kind of stupid. Like, these, like, 3D printed things and, like, retro pie and, like, Oh, that's these, huge right now. Like, $400 things that, oh, it's HDMI and it plays everything. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's great for preservation. But, like, I feel like I'm those guys at the car shows with their, like, old 1970, you know, Cadillac parked there. And someone comes up to me and goes, you know, you can actually 3D print all these parts and build it yourself. Like, that's kind of what it feels like to me. What do you think about, uh, there's a lot of, it's weird, because, like, at at, at one point I'm like, it's cool that all these people, there's these people that are building these, like, um, 
replacements for stuff that make retro yeah. more accessible. Like it's like the Mister, yeah. right? Where you buy a box and you don't have to buy the console anymore. You can play all the retro games on your TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's also like I'm okay with that, but then there's also these people that I don't know if you've seen this fan base where they like spend thousands and thousands of dollars for the perfect setup. So they have all these setups, right? Like a real console, the Mister. Uh, through the frame meister, frame meister, through all this other stuff, and they never play the games. They just have them just because they're like addicted to tinkering with uh, setups than they are actually playing the games. Have you seen these people? So, I in in the Dreamcast junkyard like Facebook page, I feel like there's more people there now who have do do not own a single piece of original Sega hardware. Mm. It's all emulated. It's all like they have a, a hard drive full of all the games. And they feel like they can speak to me on my level. And they're like, and how dare dirty. they? Oh, dang. <laughs> did you, did you, were you on a horse when you were t- typing or nothing? Well, no, but I just, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk or elitist. I love right. that people are enjoying games now. But like, like, you know, like for example, like someone... Well, like someone might go, oh, I just emulated a, uh, a Sega Paint program, and I I was um, using my Bluetooth mouse or my Bluetooth control Saturn controller connected to my, um, you know, uh, 4K uh, blah blah blah. Oh, and oh like, LED TV with uh, whatever. Right, and then here I hits. am. Here I am, and I've got the original hardware there. I've got the Mega Mouse. I've got the original Mega Mouse pad. It's going into, like, your basic AV connection. And to me, like, that feels a lot more legitimate and real than, like, emulating a game. I don't don't know. know. It's kind of hard for me to say yes or no because of how, like, how expensive some of this actual hardware has become. It's like... Do I really think these kids need to spend three hundred dollars just to play Shimu? I'm like, ah, just play it on. The- <laughs> like, if you want to emulate it for free, then uh, yeah. please save your money. Like, unless you really, really, really love the Dreamcast, right? Because you're One interesting... you're giving into a market that's going to grow. That's what I'm trying to say. We'll get back to Sega Sonic in a second, but I would say that an interesting one I've encountered is that um, someone posts a picture playing Fantasy Star Online version two. And they were like, you can still play this online. And then someone chimed in, ah, yes, all you need is a retro pie and then the uh, uh, converter for churning your broadband connection into a dial-up, blah, blah, blah. And I commented, and I'm like, or you just hook it up to a, a broadband modem connected to a Dreamcast. Uh-oh. That's all you need to do. Thanks. And they were like, yeah, but but broadband modems cost $150 now. And I, I Googled what their their hardware costs and you're basically paying a guy in like Europe to make you a setup that costs $150. So it's like, all I'm saying is if you have a dreamcast, your old dream dreamcast and your old fantasy star online version two disc. And if you have the broadband already, you're good. If you don't have the broadband, it's 150 bucks, but you're good. And then they were saying, ah, but if you get all of this emulation stuff, it's less expensive, even though it costs the same amount. And a lot of the stuff is out of uh, sold out because so many people are buying it and chips are getting more expensive. So I, I don't know. I don't know what my point is with all this, but, uh, you know, going you back to like... Don't like... that. I, you, you're a hardware guy, so wouldn't... 
I would am. it be the same if they ported this to a I don't know uh, PS5? Like it's not the original hardware. Would that be the same thing? You think? I mean, I'm not an elitist when it comes okay. to like Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, I, I'm just. I, I think what got us on this track is looking at these different ways that people have made this available to play. Okay. Um, and I, I at least think like the Galloping Ghost actually does it right because they kind of elevate it into this like this big machine with like a lot of space to play each of the trackball controls. So that, I think that's kind of interesting, but. Um, I don't know what my point is. Let's get let's get back on. Um, so, interestingly, this past week, as we record, the Sega Sonic made the news when a rare version of the board was donated to a good cause. At least that's what the guy said who had it. Um, what that cause is is unknown, but the seller claims to be under an NDA, which is really weird. Um, the seller says that it has been dumped and preserved. And everything will be revealed in time. The version in question is basically what they claim to be a Western version of the board, though it is said to have very minor changes uh, to make it more in line with Western Sonic content. My only guess is is that it has English text and it says Robotnik instead of Eggman. Um, What do you think... I mean, I don't know if you've read about this. No, um, I haven't. This the, is the first the, time I heard about it. The website Time Extension covered it. Um, but, yeah, it, it's kind of like a bit of n- non-news. Right. Because it's like someone had it. They were going to sell it to like a seller who claimed that the stipulation was it will never be dumped. But instead, they donated it to a quote-unquote good cause, but they're under an NDA. Who puts you under an NDA when you sell something? Unless, like, it can't be Sega themselves who want the board for, like, a re-release. That seems kind of weird. Right. Uh, I'm trying to think. Because they have it. Sega Europe has it in their office. Um, The only thing I could think of is, like, if a publishing company, like, bought it and they're in talks with Sega to, like, re-release for some reason a... English Sega Sonic uh, mini toy thing or whatever, but like the only company like I don't know what it would be. That's crazy. Like NDA, it's weird, right? Right. I can't think it, of and, anything. So this this came out from the Sonic Retro forums, um, and I, last I looked at it, even people in there were like, "What is this? Like, why why are you on an NDA for selling it? And like, what's the good cause? And like, it's been dumped and preserved, but we don't have access to it." Like, it's very weird, <laughs> and that's why I'm kind of surprised that uh, Time Extension newsed it. But then again, they're a website that's out there to... They're like a commercial website there to make money, so right. they they post as many articles as possible to keep their, uh, you know, Viewership their hits high. coming. I mean, I yeah, wonder... Yeah. I, I haven't seen their site, and I think it's cool that they're trying to do a commercial retro site. I think it's been a while since uh, a website's tried it. Uh, I wonder if they could do uh, make some money off of it. That's interesting because I know it's the guys that do yeah. go Nintendo or Nintendo whatever. Exactly, yeah. So they're they're like, it's interesting because it's I've seen people compare us to them and they're like, why don't you post as much news as them? And I'm like, they get paid to do that, and they're right. like a lot of people owned by a corporation. Right. It's just it's kind of like a fan site in disguise. Right. You know, it's kind of like if, if Disney came site. out. It's like if Disney came out and made a Star Wars uh, fan site, you know, right, and it's right. like, 
oh, they get all the they get all the exclusives, and it's like, well, they also are like paid. Mm. Anyway, I mean, it's interesting um, that they do it. I like it. I think it's uh, times that somebody tried it. I do wonder if it's going to be one of those sites where, like, in two years, we're like, remember that really cool site? I hope, yeah, I hope that not. happens. It does happen a yeah. lot. Um, let's check out the board in action. And again, this video is it's kind of weird to me. Let's see if it's still up. It actually was uh, set to private. Yet this video it's a... was posted five months ago, but it looks like it was filmed like 15 years ago. Yeah. It's nice. Five, I don't know four, where. Uh, four by three. Uh, re- Low res. Yeah. But yeah, it's clear that this person like has the hardware and knows what they're doing. But yeah, like watch it. Like what screams Western version? Um, There's English text. I mean, yeah, but oh, now I understand you have to attack like, and break. Yeah, it. And if you check out the Sonic Retro post, some people are kind of like skeptical. They're like, "Why is the? Why are you being so cagey? Why is the video so like bad? It's like you're almost trying to hide something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, As far as development, a lot has been cataloged online via Sonic Retro and. People like Sudden Desu. Uh, Sudden Desu is someone who's on, I believe, Twitter. Wow. Uh, I think their icon is 100 yen. I've actually cited them for an article recently. I think it was a... a <laughs> did you see the porno that I posted to the website? What? No. Why do you... Why? What? Because Expl- it's porn, dude. Grow up. No. no um, banned. So there's... Um, yeah, this is him. So so he found a Japanese porn where a woman re- walked around topless in like a, an arcade in the 2000s. Is this on the website? And so it's kind of, Yeah, it's on it's on Segabits from January 6th. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I see it now. Oh god, why? But remember Cosplay International? I gave that a, a mention. But anyway, um I mean, this it's guy and I, let's sh- let's show his website. So he's like a big Sega Sonic the Hedgehog and and arcade and general fan um so he's got this really cool blog that's just kind of like his findings it's it's not like an article so much as it's like a notepad um so it's up on the screen now right 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 i'll say yeah yeah so uh so there's different sections the one i wanted to take a look at first is game versions um uh listeners and readers can check this out uh from for themselves at s u d d e n little line d e s u dot net uh it's his sega sonic the hedgehog debug tools and so much more um post from 2020 and so it it goes through the arcade board revisions um lots of very like interesting things from like design documents so we mentioned uh, the composer Hero earlier. He actually mm-hmm. shared design documents for the um, sound design. Not too much to be gleaned here, but it's just kind of interesting to see. Um, there is a like <laughs> a music CD that was produced in '95, featuring tracks from various Sega games, and they had Sega Sonic on there. Um, different looks at the title screens. 
uh, different looks at the the map that you get to see. Characters' faces being a little different, so you know it's it, it's very like in the weeds sort of stuff. Um, you you kind of tell why I didn't like transcribe this stuff for our show notes because right. it's it's just kind of like someone like someone's thoughts more than right. more than an actual like concise article. Um, if you go down a little more, there's a heading English translation and localization. Uh, I'm actually going down myself. There's so much to look at here. Right. Pattern viewers, things like that. Um, but what's interesting is that, and I think he was in Sonic Retro talking to this guy who found the game. Um, the The game itself actually has complete English translation within the data. Um, so there's not that much dialogue that is translated, but there is, uh, it's interesting, there's these Saturday morning Robotnik in the game. Oh, really? Um, yeah, if, if you go down, you'll you'll see him there. After the, the pattern viewer? Sh- oh, I see him now. Yeah, after the pattern, yeah. Um, and what, what he was talking about in the Sonic Retro forums is that what if this guy just hacked uh, a board to make it English and was kind of hiding the fact? You know what I right. mean? Like, like it, it's a little strange that like oh this is a rare western board it's like yeah but the japanese board has everything you need to make a u.s version Mm. um but he does say there's evidence for both a world version as well as a u.s version so it's possible that the world version is the one that this this mystery person has because it it doesn't show saturday morning robotnik but it does show the uh, english text um so yeah, this is a game where not a lot is known about it in terms of like the revisions and what's out there. So it very well could be that like they were working on this game and and boards went out that were earlier versions of the game. Uh now if we go down further, there is quite a bit further. There's unused content. So there are uh different running animations for the characters that are I guess kind of interesting. Um, my favorite is an Eggman hologram. So within certain revisions of the game, there's a set of full-body Eggman sprites showing him materializing using a remote control. So it's like they're... they're um, I have no idea where, that, that, where that's at. Sorry, go on. Oh, if you keep going down, you'll see like all these anima- all these drawings of the characters running. Okay, I see now. And then yeah, just I'm below way, that, I'm you see. Way down. Okay, I see now. That's okay. Yeah, you can see Eggman, like a hologram of him. It's kind of weird. Oh yeah. Uh, there's landslide limbo. There's an unused boss, which is just like a really boring looking like brown bowl. Right. It's like <laughs> I don't a know little, what it is. It's like I don't know. It looks weird. It's like a little city. It, it ejects. Looks like. Yeah, it ejects fireballs. Isn't that where Luke Skywalker um, fell in? Or uh, Darth Maul? Oh, it does look like... <laughs> yeah, it looks like one of those pits that like they have in the Star Wars. There's like a really boring looking blade enemy. It looks like it's actually out of like Sonic Frontiers. It's just like a disc with like a oh, yeah. red spike. Um, and then the last bit I thought was really interesting. Go down... It's Oh yeah, there's a buffed up characters. Right, I saw that. An unused animation of the characters flexing their muscles. <laughs> Which looks straight out of uh, the Saturday morning cartoon. Remember when Tails was like, 
Yeah, it looks exactly um, like that. And then, uh, lastly, if you go way, way down, there's lo- just lots of weird materials here. Um, there's a final bit that he has a theory. So it says, theory, Sega Sonic Bros. and Game Origins. So if you remember, we actually did that episode of unreleased yep. Sonic games, and one of them was Sega Sonic Bros., Sega Sonic Bros. is a uh, puzzle game which features Blue Sonic, Yellow Sonic, and Red Sonic. Amazing. Um, and his theory is that Sega Sonic Arcade is a descendant of Sega Sonic Bros. And I even remember myself and other fans mentioning that when this, this game was uh, discovered a few years ago. Um, and he, he says here he doesn't have a shred of proof for us. The evidence is circumstantial. Um, looking at the title screen side by side, you can kind of see where he's going with it. Like Mighty and Ray's palettes are very similar to, um, you know, these Sega Sonic Bros. Even like the black and mighty comes from his eyes. You right. know, Ray like outside of having a darker muzzle, like it's all there. Um, and it says here in a May 1993 interview, Al Nilsson spoke of two previously developed. Sonic arcade titles that were not released and one that was in production. Um, so it's a pretty safe assumption that at this time he was talking about Sega Sonic the Hedgehog and possibly Sega Sonic Bros. And, you know, Al Nilsson, he was he was there when it was happening. Like, he was making up Tails' backstory, so it's right. no surprise that he was in the know. Um, and then there's other, like, weird little bits, like a door with like a sun on it um uh the the sudden desu blog maybe speculates that uh sega sonic the hedgehog wasn't always a sonic game and maybe it was intended to be something else um with these mystical stars i don't know but it's a very cool extremely long blog post yeah it's very uh, well worth checking out um I think it puts uh, the uh, Persona Sama um, Fantasy Zone timeline almost to shame right. with just how like long it is. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely recommend checking that out. Um, as far as emulation, the game has been dumped. It's fully playable. Uh, but perhaps the best version I've seen is actually the Steam Deck. And so I have a video here. The Steam Deck. Of not dick, deck. Oh, I didn't say dick. I said deck. Sorry. I don't oh, want you to get you, everyone excited uh, listening. I said deck. <laughs> <laughs> it's Chow Mix um, utilizing the touch. And it looks like it works really well. It does. And if you think, oh, it looks a little janky. No, that's the game. Like, you get stuck in walls. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but you can see him playing it. It... It looks cool. So I feel like anything with like a touch, like a, a PlayStation pad has this, Switch has this. <laughs> I, I, I get, just love seeing Sonic like it's stuck in the floor. Yeah, anyway. I, I like, um, yeah, the, the Switch has it, but I think the reason that it's not used as much is because the Switch could be used, uh, you have to use the Switch in two ways. It's not like the Wii, Wii U where... That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to play on the That's TV, you wouldn't be able to. That's why they don't utilize it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I didn't think about that. 
yeah, so that's that's a cool way to play it. Um, what would you say is the legacy of Sega Sonic the Hedgehog? And I think I know what your answer is. Mighty, going it's to gonna be. be Mighty and Ray's legacy. Um, the game itself is <laughs> yeah. forgettable. People that played Sonic Mania that fell in love with Ray probably know about the game because of the origin of the of the characters, but pretty sure yeah. they're going to be knowing in the far future more for Sonic Mania than uh, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog arcade game that came out in Japan. I believe, yeah, I, I agree with you there. It's it's really the legacy of this game is introducing two characters that became, uh, I, I wouldn't say fan favorites, but became like cult favorites because it's like, you know, you, you can go, oh, what's your favorite Sonic character? Oh, Tails. But if someone goes, oh, Ray, and it's like before Sonic Mania Plus ever came out, you're like, oh, you're in the know. Yeah. You know what's going on. Um, does it deserve a home port? I think everything deserves a home port. Um I just feel like we've we're kind of past the point where it, it could be possible. Um, it, it seems like, like I said, like 3D classics or Sega Ages should have been it, and it wasn't. Right. Um, now there is a, a little final bit here before we get into our Patreon memories. Uh, in 2023, the official Sonic Japanese website Sonic Channel debuted some art celebrating the game's 30th anniversary, featuring Mighty at the controls of the arcade cabinet. Um, it wasn't the port we wanted, but it was a nice nod to the fans. That's cute, right? He's like... You know. Oh, I didn't see the picture. Sorry, my bad. Ah, oh, I see it. No, that's okay. Oh. Yeah. It's very... Uh, yeah, I like it. Very cute. Adorable. It's uh, also an Astro yeah. machine. Candy yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. A, a two-player one, right. two, not three. Yeah. Um, well, he, so you know, it's because he's outside the game. You can't play three players. He's not in the game. Sorry. That's meta. That's meta. Um, but you know, like who knows? Maybe the game will pop up in like Yakuza Nine. <laughs> like that's honestly the only time I could think we'd actually see it. But um, you can use the trackpad on the uh, PS Five. Yeah. If you wanted yeah, to. There you go. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's get into what our Patreon supporters have to say about this game. So, Ben Hayward said, I've never played the original arcade game and also shamefully have not played Sonic Mania Plus, but I'm really looking forward to this episode. I've always wanted to know more about Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Ando says, the main thing that I remember about this game is desperately trying to find a cabinet of it around here. Obviously, back then, I didn't know it was never released outside of Japan. A couple years later, when I learned about MAME, I almost broke my, it almost broke my kid brain trying to get the game running, but eventually I did. The game is extremely overdue for some kind of re-release, and with modern touch screens and trackball controls would not be an issue anymore. Port it, Sega, you cowards. His words, not mine. Right. Um, George, I've got some news for you. Uh-oh. No. Sonic's pregnant. No. I knew um, it. I knew it. He, he's going to have a baby. I, Sonic's going to have a don't baby. Don't look at me. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I don't know. No, the, the news is that we don't have a pick. Oh. So the next episode <laughs> is a George pick. <laughs> look who comes up again, baby. This guy right here. Anyway, so I haven't decided what to pick. Uh, I might even do a pool like we did last time on a weird episode. But um, for right now, though, uh, 
it'll be a surprise. So we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye.